welcome to the Your Dream or Mind podcast, the place to be if you dream of living a life of fulfillment, freedom, flow, and most importantly, fun. I'm Laura Cruz, the Dream Transition Mentor, the creator of the unique six-step Dream Transition Method, which will take you from idle daydream to transitioning into your wildly successful freedom-based business. Listen to inspirational stories from women who have been brave enough to take the leap from corporate and now live the life they've always dreamed of. Women like you and me. They did it, I did it, and you can too. Grab a cuppa, find a cosy spot, then sit back and enjoy the episode. My guest today is Karen Sutton, aka The Widow Coach. What a fantastic name. <laughs> um, and uh, I came across Karen because uh, I saw her on LinkedIn, actually. I saw one of her posts on LinkedIn and I was really intrigued by her title, The Widow Coach. And I guess I was drawn into that because a very good friend of mine was widowed, um, sadly and tragically, last year. And as always with these things, when there's something on your mind, you then start noticing things around you. Um, you know, it's like your um, reticular activation system in your brain goes, hey, you know, somebody is a widow. There's somebody who's talking about being a widow. You should look at that. So then I struck up a conversation with Karen on uh, on message. And uh, then I saw you in the national press. And here we are today doing the interview. So welcome, Karen. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Laura. It's lovely to be here. It's, uh, it is that really weird thing, though, and I still find that quite bonkers because you obviously were posting about stuff before and I maybe didn't see it. Obviously, yeah. you know how the algorithms work and stuff shows up, but, you know, sometimes yeah. you think it's in your your phone's listening to you and then it's popping up stuff to, to show you stuff that's related to what you're talking about or thinking about. Yeah. But there's definitely something where you're drawn into um Definitely, I think I, it's it's a it's a bit of a, a a crass example, but I always liken it to when you buy a new car. <laughs> you suddenly see that car everywhere, and you're like, I hadn't noticed these before. I didn't even know these cars existed, and now they're everywhere. And it's it's kind of like that, isn't it? Your, your senses are, are heightened, maybe, and you're just more alert to it. It's so true. And uh, I've got I bought a car the other year uh, when I went out on my own, so then I gave up my company car. So I bought a car, and uh, it's a Nissan Juke. It's white. Yeah. We call it Daisy, Daisy Duke, right? And so I'd never even seen a Nissan Duke on the road before. And then now everywhere we go, and in fact, I was with my daughter the other day, we pulled into a car park, she went, there's another Daisy. Like, <laughs> are there are a million more Daisy, white Daisy Dukes on the road. No, it's just it's that weird. we're noticing them. Yeah, it's very weird. But I'm very glad that my reticular activation system was working that day and uh, drew me into you because um, I've been able to kind of um, point my friend in your direction who's joined your group and listens to your podcast. And uh, yeah, and it was so weird because then I'd, I'd obviously connected in with you. Then I was reading um, the Daily Mail online and I saw an article and I thought that lady looks familiar. Oh, it's Karen. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. And perhaps as we start, it would be great if you just explain a bit about your story and maybe how you how you came to become <laughs> a widow coach. A widow coach. <laughs> it's very random, isn't it? It's not something that um, exists, I don't think. Um, I, I believe I'm, I'm the first widow coach in the UK. Um, 
Because of my story. So back in September 2016, um, just, you know, a mum married, two girls. Um, they were nine and five at the time. I was working as a midwife. My husband, um, you know, ran a company, an online company down in Bath. And, you know, life, life was good. He went out on a bike ride one Sunday morning and sadly tragically died on the bike ride he he pulled over um and the the friend he was with kind of said to him you know come on we're turning off down here and Simon said oh just just give me a minute mate and um as Mark turned around to see if Simon was behind him he just saw him collapse and and the way Simon collapsed Mark knew something was was desperately wrong because he didn't obviously didn't sort of go go to break his fall or anything. Um, so they 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 did everything they could. They had an ambulance, you know, air ambulance. Um, they could they tried for an hour to resuscitate him and, and they couldn't. So the next thing I know, at around eleven thirty on the Sunday morning, Mark's on my drive telling me that Simon has died, and. <sighs> In that moment, wow, my, as you can imagine, my, my world just fell apart, absolutely fell apart. I didn't fall to my knees and scream or, or do any of that kind of stuff. Um, what did you do? The first thing I did is I went, I, I knew Mark was on his own. So I went out of the house onto the drive to speak to him. And Mark was walking towards me with his hands over his, his mouth like that. And his eyes would, and my first words to Mark were, is he dead? And Mark just said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I, was, I remember holding his arm going, are you joking? Is, is he dead? Are you joking? And I, I started shaking. And my first thought was the girls. I was like, right, mm. I, can't, I can't tell the girls this. <laughs> why obviously I wanted to protect them I don't know what I was thinking in terms of when I was going to tell them but um I just needed for my mum you need your mum and uh, so I phoned my mum and bless her heart you know I was like mum Simon's dead you need to get around here now I'm very lucky that I, I live um in a town that I've grown up in I've got all my family and all my friends around me so I'm incredibly fortunate and you know within minutes my mum my sister um my dad were here um and I was speaking to the police out on, on the grass verge opposite my house. And they were sort of explaining to me what was happened. I wanted to see Simon. I was like, I need to be with him. I need to see him. Um, but he'd gone to the, the coroner's um, office court or, or whatever it was um, because it, of the way he died. And I couldn't get to him. Um, so. And can I, I ask you, how old was he? He was 43. Wow. He was 43. Yeah. And um, looking back, there were probably a few signs that something wasn't right. But of course, you put them down to either, you know, having a, a, a chest infection or feeling stressed or, you, you know, nothing really. Um, I was 39 at the time. And I, I kind I didn't want to tell the girls, but the, the policeman, bless him, he was in tears, <clears throat> said to me, you have to tell them, you know, like, don't, I wanted to go in and say to the girls, daddy'd had an accident um, and he was in hospital. It's just that instinct. You want to protect your children. Of course. Um, and bless it. And I knew that wasn't right with my nursing and midwifery background. You know, I, I know you've got to be honest. I know you've got to speak the truth, but it's very different when it's you that's in it. Absolutely. 
and it, so yeah I I did I went in and I told my children that he'd died and my eldest just burst into tears cried out cried her eyes out my youngest um went off to get her her favorite teddy to comfort her and it was horrible then but then they they kind of came around and my brother-in-law took them to the park because then I had to go and tell my mother-in-law that her son had died um and and then of course you have to start telling everyone and and people help me with that but as you know it, it was it was devastating I have never known despair or fear like it I was just heartbroken and I I didn't know what I was going to do I didn't know how I was going to deal with this scenario you you know we're not taught we live in a grief illiterate society yes avoid talking about death and grief um understandably because it's horrible and who wants to talk about that um but actually it's (laughs) It's the only thing that we can be certain of in life yes. um, and taxes that that's going to happen. We're all going to die. We're all going to lose someone close to us. So why are we not better prepared to deal with these things? You, you know, and it and again, it comes back to, to, to life. And it's it's grief isn't always around death either, by the way, you know, like no, divorces very, and yeah, financial true. loss and job loss and pet loss. You, you know, like grief shows up in all different ways um and we don't know how to to deal with all that it's really it's really hard so I kind of muddled my way through a a, a couple of years my um my family and friends were utterly amazing I decided not to go back to work um I was fortunate that I was left in a position financially that I could take a couple of years out to to be with the girls so I did and also just logistically trying to do shifts nights weekends yes on my own and equally I wasn't in the right space to be going in and caring for people you know if I'd made a mistake I I, I would never have lived with it you know the, the yeah yeah this could be devastating yeah. in that kind of work so I, I kind of made that choice not to go back. I took the time out with my kids I, I worked my way through my grief I got some counseling two and a half years in um, I just felt lost. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was heading. I had no direction, no purpose. And I thought, this can't be it. This can't be my life. And I, I remember it must have been a day, two days after Simon had died. I said to my mum and my sister, I am not going to allow this to define myself or the girls in a negative way for the rest of our lives. We are not going to use this as an excuse to be miserable, to not achieve things, to... to to just be a victim, I suppose, of, of mm. life's tragedy. I was I was very deter- I had no idea how I was going to kind of make sure that that happened. But I think that that thought, that that instinctive desire, kind of led me to make the decisions I made subconsciously. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, so after the two and a half years, I was sat in a coffee shop with friends, just crying and just feeling lost and alone. And I didn't know where I was heading. And they were like, get a job, go and do some volunteering, try, you know, do this, do that. And I just was like, none of it sat with me. And one of them said, why don't you get a life coach? I was like, I hadn't, I'd never heard of a life coach. I was like, what, okay. what, what the hell's a life coach? <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I was a little bit you know apprehensive I suppose dubious and they they put me in touch with this guy because I wanted to get fitter I'd after Simon had died I'd thrown myself into I'd I'd partying dating holidays and with kids we've been to Disney we went to Lapland we went to Spain you you know and I wasn't particularly healthy and I thought you know what Karen your husband died at 43 of a heart attack 
maybe it's time you sorted yourself out a little bit. Um, so I went to this, this life coach who specialized in, in health and, and fitness. And six months later, my life had turned around completely. I, it had transformed. I, I was healthier. I was fitter. I had focus. I had clarity. I, I felt more balanced. I felt more in control. I felt lighter. It, it was incredible. And at that point I thought, do you know what? If I can do this, if I know that this is possible, I need to help other people because I was still in other groups with other widows that were, you know, feeling the same way I did, but didn't know how to, to find their way again, you yeah. know, because it's not obvious. The answers aren't out. There's no guidebook that kind of tells you what step to take. But also it's not the same for everybody, is it? Because no. you know, this is the same, you know, anything you go through grieving, like you say, grieving, whatever that's for. Yes. You know, um, death, relationship breakdown, life change, yeah. whatever it is how one person does it is so different to somebody else. So there isn't like a tick box where you go, right, well, on this day, I'm going to feel like this. And then tomorrow it'll be better because you just don't know that, do you? Yeah, there's no step-by-step process. There's no guidebook. There's no timeline. It is unique and individual to you. Um, And and there's no right or wrong either. Mm. You know, it's just figuring out what's best for you. So I kind of started on this journey and... I thought, you know what, I I want to help everyone. I, I, I need to help everyone that's like, you know, a mum and has, has been through a divorce or a breakup or has, has lost a husband and, and I'm going to help them. So I thought, right, I'm going to become a, a breakup and bereavement coach. Um, so that's kind of how I started off. I thought I'm going to sit in my lovely little office here at the end of my garden. People will come around, we'll have a, a chat and I'll help them sort of figure out their way and I'll sort of hold space for them to, to speak in because I think that's difficult as well. It's very hard to find people that you can speak your truth with. Yes. And you're not judged. You're not criticized. They don't try and fix you. You know, someone to just hold space for you, to listen, to, to, to hear you, to see you, to, to, to witness what you're going through. Because that's hard. Instinctively, you know what it's like when somebody comes to you with a problem, you want to find a solution. You, yep. you know, that, that's, that's not a bad thing. It's just sometimes there aren't solutions that are readily available you know you've got to work your way through it um but you know as I as I kind of was was doing this that the pandemic hit I realized that trying to be a breakup and bereavement coach actually was quite difficult because I'm trying to speak to people that are going through two very different scenarios and as much as you are sometimes left with some very similar feelings in terms of feeling lost and having no direction and not knowing who you are and what you want and where you fit in. But, but, you know, the experiences are so different. So it's it's sort of mastering your messaging, isn't it? And, and yeah. I, I couldn't do that trying to, 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 you know, speak to those people. So then I thought I'm just going to become a grief and loss coach. Um, which again, that became easier because it, you know, it was grief. And I thought, well, I'll I'll just help anyone and everyone that's that's grieving. But naturally, because of my story and how I was speaking, I was attracting widows, widowers, surviving partners, because that's what resonated with them. And I thought, this is, this is it. This is my story. This is what I know. And I've always said there is not enough support out there for, for widows. No, absolutely not. There's not, you know, um, there's, there's widowed and young, which is amazing. And that's great peer support. But in terms of practical support to to help you take back your power and and take those steps forward, like that, there's not enough of of that out there. Um, 
So I was like, right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to become the widow coach. Um, and, I, you know, you try and think of all these fancy names of, of uh, you know, what you can call yourself so that it sounds exciting. But I was like, do you know what? You know, there's an advert, wasn't there? It does what it says on the tin. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm like, stop trying to be fancy. Stop trying to make yeah. it all swishy. And you, that's just make it. You know, when you're grieving, you 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 need things to just be as they are. Just make it simple. Tell me yeah. what you know what I need to know, and and that's it. Make it as simple as you can. So I thought, well, stop trying to you know. So the widow coach was was born, I suppose, and that was literally about a year ago now. Um, and in doing that, I have been able to speak to the people I want to speak to, attract the people I want to attract, create the programs, the groups, that the membership that I've just started for the people that I I want to help and that I believe I can help to the, the best of my ability. And actually it's been amazing for me in my journey because I'm still a widow. I'm still grieving the loss of my husband. You yeah. know, it, it never goes away. You learn how to carry it more lightly. Um, I believe it becomes easier. Some people say you become stronger, you, you know, it's whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. But you do get to a point where you can remember with more love than pain and you are able to create a life that is vibrant, that you can flourish in, that feels good, where you feel connected and peaceful and safe again. And I never believed that was possible at the beginning of my journey. I honestly thought that's it. My life is over. I'm never going to feel safe. I'm never going to feel at peace. I'm always going to feel lost. No one's ever going to love me like Simon did. No one's ever going to come into my family and make us feel like a family unit again. There's yeah. always going to be a, a, yeah. a disconnect. And I was telling myself all these stories and they were wrong. They were wrong. You know, I, I have, I've gone on and I've, I've met somebody and he's amazing and he's wonderful and he's great with the kids and they adore him. And, and we feel like a family and it's a different family. And you, Simon is very much a part of that. We talk about him every day, you know, and I still mm. love him and my new partner understands that. And, and I still grieve for him. I still get sad. I still get upset. But what I do helps me connect with other people, you know, A, giving them hope, but B, you, you know, just I like being around other people that have been through what I've been through. Yes. Yeah, I hate this saying, but it's like finding your tribe. I hate the tribe thing. In fact, I'm not even sure you're supposed to say that anymore, but it's it's finding, oh God, I probably said something I'm gonna, I shouldn't have said. But it's finding the people who are in your spot right then. It's a bit like, yeah. you know, remember when you had your your children? Yes. You know, yes. You obviously knew more about having kids because you're a midwife yes. and a nurse, but I didn't. <laughs> so then you go to antenatal classes and then yeah. meet people who are at the same point in their life right then with you. And then Absolutely. you hang out with them. Yeah, they, they, they become your tribe, for yeah, want of a better because, word. Because yeah. they're the people that they understand that nobody else gets when you're absolutely exhausted and you haven't no. slept, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's what I love about your story, Karen, because I know we were talking before we started recording, is um, it's really interesting because we've been on a similar journey, not the, not, what, not the life experience, but the business element of, yeah. I want to help everybody because I'm a nice person and I've got a lot to offer yeah. and uh, I've got a voice and I want to use it and I know that I can help people. And then getting down really to the nuts and bolts of, okay, you know, 
this is what I'm meant to be doing, but it takes some time to find that. So somebody listening to this going, well, I don't know what I could do if I set up my own business. Probably the first thing you come up with may not necessarily be the thing you end up doing. Exactly right. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I still don't really know where I'm heading. (laughs) I've got my ideas of what I want to do, but it, it seems to... You, you always have to trust in the process and you have to be very careful about what you say yes to as well, because I learned, I said yes to everything at the beginning, you know, any opportunity that came my way, any, anything that presented itself to me, I was always like, yeah, 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 just grab everything, grab everything. But in, in saying yes to, to everything, you're saying no to other things. So I think you have to have yeah. a little bit of an idea of what you want and what's going to bring value to you and and your business and what's going to help you get closer to where you want to go, but also understanding it might go off in a very different direction than you expect it to. And that's okay too. If you're happy with that, if that's, you know, if that's something you want to do, um, because it will evolve, it will go like we do as humans. You you know, of course, course. that's what life's about, isn't it? Change. And and it's, it's allowing those things to happen. But like I say, I had absolutely no business sense whatsoever coming into this. I, I really didn't. I've got, I haven't got a clue. You know, I was a nurse and a midwife. I, I know nothing. So I've had to go on a very steep learning curve <laughs> and, and it still yeah. it still continues. I'm still learning all the time, every day. Um, but it has just been the most incredible experience, just so utterly fulfilling and just meet the most wonderful people. And I have my moments where it's tough and it's hard and I think, oh, God doing why am I doing this you know of course it it can become overwhelming but actually you go this is my business (laughs) yes if I want to just stop for a minute I can like why am I why am I doing this to myself why am I putting all this pressure and expectation and overwhelm and you've got to do this and you've got to do that and it's got to be done it's like who says like you're, you're, it's almost like you start punishing yourself. Yes. Um, and, it, and sometimes it's like, okay, do you know what? I'm just going to step back and I'm just going to pause for a minute and breathe and 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 step again. The, the rest is a huge part of the work because it is all consuming when it all stops with you, you know, that yeah. the buck stops here. That's like a bit scary and, and overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, I had, I took about two and a half weeks at Christmas where I did nothing. Yes. I did some social media posts, but I didn't do, I didn't step into my office deliberately yeah. and I just switched off and I needed that because you're right. It is all consuming. And if you're not careful, yeah. it permeates every single aspect of your life. So you never yeah. switch off. No. You know, if you, you know, as a midwife, I know you wouldn't switch off in the sense that you'd be thinking about the women that you, all the babies, but you, you would finish your shift and go home, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. Whereas. Yeah. Somebody else takes over. You'd yeah. And me, I would do a training yeah. session or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then I would come away. Whereas, you know, when it's yours, you don't get that. No. You don't no. get that. It's all on And you. actually, interestingly, because I know quite a lot of my friends have got their own business. It's one of the reasons I resisted. I never really thought about having my own business because I thought, well, you never get to switch off. No, but, I know. But here I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Karen, tell me, how did you navigate then? So you're grieving you know, you've got young, two young daughters and you were setting up a new business. I mean, that sounds like a lot going on at the same time. How did you kind of navigate that? Badly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
because when I started out, I had my idea of I'll just see a few people at home. You know, it was all all right. But then, of course, lockdown hit, didn't it? And homeschooling. And because then I've got two children at home that need to be homeschooled. I'm trying to navigate my grief and I'm trying to to help others in in their grief. And the the lockdown really sort of brought my grief back to the forefront. You know, it really sort of came back to the surface for me and and it felt very heavy and I felt very alone and and very scared and it was horrible it was really horrible I felt like I wasn't being very nice to my children I was using my work as a a bit of a distraction so I'd I'd get up at like six o'clock in the morning and do two hours work before the kids got up and then I'd do it again when they had a lunch break or something and then when they finished in the afternoon I'd then work through the evening and and try and fit in a, a bit of time for taking them out and stuff as well but I kind of threw myself into it um, and it was really hard. I have to say it was really hard. I felt very alone and, and, and I had times when I thought, what are you doing? Is, is this is this the right thing? But I discovered Qigong, um, oh. which um, was, was something I, I started to do in the mornings, which, which helped bring some balance in, into my life. Um, now, I've got a friend who does that and I'd never oh. heard of it before. She said she raves about it. So oh, brilliant. my God. It is incredible. It, it, honestly, I th- I, I, it, it sounds a little bit dramatic, but I just think it saved my soul in the lockdown because I could feel myself going. I could, you know, when you're like, I'm on the edge, I'm on the edge here and I don't yeah. know which way I'm going to go. And I discovered a, a free online on Instagram, Qigong, and I, I just did it every morning at eight o'clock um, for about 45 minutes. And oh my God, the balance, the peace, the clarity, that just, it did something to me that I can't really describe, but it just made me feel better. And using that and exercise, exercise has become a big part of my life. Um, it never used to be um but just and getting out in nature and and you know i understand and i truly believe this it's in our darkest most difficult moments that we learn the most about ourselves isn't it you know yes. so we, we really have to dig deep and go right what do i need what what can i draw on here to help me get through this in in a better way and i kind of had to, to learn how to to get through it in the best way that i could um and you know allocate some time for the business allocate some time for the kids and and allocate some time for me but it was messy and and it was horrible at at the beginning but we figure you figure it out you know and I think that has been the biggest learning for me especially since Simon has died that you don't always know you don't always have the answers you don't know what you're going to do or how it's going to work out but you figure it out, you know, and that's what we do. You know, we just step by step face things as they come to us and, and we can deal with uncertainty. We don't have to have all the answers to everything here and now. And I think we we get bogged down with that, you know, and, and in my business, I thought, right, well, you know, I, I don't understand marketing. I don't understand SEO. I don't understand websites. I don't understand social media. I don't, I don't get LinkedIn, you know, like, how am I going to create programs and sell them and what am I going to do and how are they going to pay for it and what systems I bring? <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, it can be really overwhelming because you're just like, I don't know any of this stuff. I don't know. Any but the, of this that's, stuff. that's one of the, the, one of the ways that I help my clients is because people go, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, mm. everything in life that you've never done before. Yeah. You don't know how to do <laughs> everything, everything in life. You've had, somebody's taught you or yeah. you've taught yourself or you've, yep read on youtube or you yeah. watched, um you know read on the yes. internet watched it on youtube you've you've worked out how to do it yeah. so we often don't start because we go oh, i don't get it yeah don't get it, so it. I don't know how to do that 
But if you just started, I always say this, that if you just started making steps towards it, the road would open up in front of you. Oh, I feel yeah. that if we don't know that, you know, like you sat now, if you've got to know exactly where you're going, we, you sometimes don't. don't. No. You've got to trust it. It's interesting what you said there. So something when, um, and the grief thing, when you comment about, when you, you, you said about grief is not always to do with, with death when I was grieving for the loss of my first marriage and I was in a terrible state, my boss at the time, she said, how are you doing? I said, I'm frightened because I don't know what the rest of my life looks like. And I remember this vividly because I didn't have a great relationship with her, but this thing she said to me has just stuck with me. She said, does anybody, does anybody know what the rest of their life looks like? You think you do. Mm. And I thought she's right. I had it in, you know, because in your mind, you're like, get married, house, kids, yeah. grow up, they get married. I mean, I know, but do you see what I mean? And then suddenly yeah. you go, and then I thought, yeah, she's right. So yeah. actually, I don't know what it's going to look like, but maybe I could start doing more of the things that I want to do. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? I think we get caught in a place of thinking that we know all the answers, that we know exactly where we're heading and we feel like we're completely in control of everything, our, our lives, yeah. our businesses, our jobs, our kids. And, and, and we, we kind of lull ourselves into this false sense of security of, all oh, right, OK, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then this is going to happen. That's going to happen. And I'm going to retire and the kids are going to have kids and it's all going to be great. <laughs> you know, and it's like you don't you don't know any of that stuff. You, you, you have no idea. And, it, and it's the same in business. And it's sometimes it's not so much like you know what 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 do I need how how do I do this it's like who can help me yes you know yeah absolutely who has the knowledge because there's there's people out there there's there's hundreds of people out there you know that have done what you want to do and can help you so don't worry about oh my god how am I gonna do this I don't understand it what's going on what where do I start like right who you know, what is yeah. it that I need right now? Who has done that? And who can help me take those those next steps and, and go and get the help? You, you know, we, same with grief. We, 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 we cannot do these things all by ourselves. You, you know, I, I cannot run my business all by myself. I've got somebody that helps me with my website. I've got a VA that helps me, you know, put all these these things together. I'm, I'm always signing up to courses with, with people, with course creators. You know, it's like I'm learning and I have to learn from other people that know the stuff that I want to learn I want to know but I can't expect myself to know it all straight up it's and and again same with grief building a business takes a long time it's not an overnight process you know and and it evolves and it changes and it goes down paths you maybe don't always expect it to but you've you've got to give it that time you, you know, and you've, you've got to learn how to, to manage it and not expect too much from yourself either. Because yes. I think, you know, when I started out, I thought, oh, within a year, I'm going to have a successful business, going to be an X amount of money. And I got to the end of the year and I barely even scraped the surface because I had, like I say, I was completely naive to it all. Um, but, you know, nearly two years in from starting from scratch, like, you know, it's like I've, I've, I've achieved a lot. I've achieved a yes. lot. And, and it keeps coming. And I'm happy. And that is so important to recognise those achievements, those little wins, big wins, whatever it is, and you know those those milestones. Because otherwise, 
you know, when you are working for yourself, it's, it can be quite hard. You don't have a quarterly review with your boss where they say, well done. Well done, Laura, you've hit those targets. You've got to do that for yourself, right? You can get so caught up on, well, I'm not here yet and I'm not there yet. I haven't done this and I haven't done that and I'm not earning this. And you you can get caught up in it and and end up kind of going, oh, but actually when you look back, you know, for me, I'm like, you know, I've got a podcast, you know, I've got groups running. I've got just starting up a membership. I've, done my first in-person event I'm going to do a retreat this year you you know and you kind of go that's pretty amazing yes you you know like recognize how far you've come and everything that you've learned because it's a lot you know but we get so caught up looking ahead and thinking we're not where we want to be that we forget to look back and go do you know what I've done pretty flipping amazing actually yeah yeah (laughs) I'm doing all right just like just recognize that bit before beating yourself up because you haven't achieved that bit yet ahead of you absolutely Um, but it's it's a learning curve one of the things that I want to help my clients to achieve Mm. is the the f's the four f's so freedom fulfillment flow and fun how does being the widow coach help you to kind of get some of those f's in oh your my life? god the freedom I've, I've kind of touched on it because you you can you can get caught up very easily and i did in not allowing yourself freedom because you've got to do this and you've got to do that and 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 then you're like how am i ever going to escape it and you have to have that conversation with yourself that goes you're in control here you yes. know um and i've learned now you, you know i don't work weekends um i don't work the school holidays I, I my children are my priority first and foremost so you know in terms of freedom it allows i can go to the things that's not there's been many things at school recently but you know like you can go and do the things they want to do you can take them to the things they want to do the after school clubs um and just spend that time with them so in terms of freedom for me it allows me to to you know do my exercise when i want to to if i want to be there for a friend or do you know like i can manage I have to have structure and, you know, I'm not saying that I can just go out willy nilly for coffees all the time, but if, if there's something that's important to me, I, I can arrange it. Yes. I can give myself that freedom. I remember when I was a midwife, you know, and having to ask somebody, please can I have this time off so I can go on holiday with my family and then say, Oh, sorry, you can't, you know, too many people have got that time off and it's just, it's soul destroying and it's yeah. so frustrating. And I'm like, do you know what? I don't want to be answerable to anyone else. I want to live my life, my way. Yes, because we only get one shot at it, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so for me, that the fulfillment is huge. I have never felt more fulfilled in my life. You, you know, I think that's partly because of the work I've done on myself, but partly because I'm doing something that is my passion and my purpose, and I just love it. I meet the best people. I see them going from a place of utter despair to a place of feeling more in control, more empowered with more clarity more vision and and just a little bit more confidence you know I'm not saying I solve all their problems but I help them figure out their path in in the best way for them and that's just that's just just wonderful fun I have so much fun you you know it's it's mad because everyone thinks grief oh my god that's just so depressing you just must like come away from your day and think oh I don't you know it's like 
laugh and we laugh about things that are, are you know the ridiculousness of our situations sometimes or things somebody says to us or just the things that go on in our heads um and you know you can talk about death and dying and grief and loss and still have fun it is possible it doesn't have yes. to be miserable you know i i have a lot of fun in what i do what was the fourth f flow flow yeah maybe i'm working on that <laughs> but i do I'm, i do it's taken a long time but i feel like i'm getting into my flow i feel like i've got some structure i feel like i've got some time for me and i feel like my business is flowing quite organically and naturally i'm, I'm allowing you, you know you have to kind of be conscious of what you're saying yes and no to yeah um but you know you can take it down a direction you want to take it but allow it to to flow and 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 you as well I think within your business you learn that for yourself don't you yes Um, definitely otherwise it could become very stressful um which it can be at time but I absolutely a hundred percent have all those things in my life in abundance and I am very grateful for it all which might sound weird because the only reason I'm here is because my husband died um but I am but, then, but you can't change that. And that's I can't. It's the, these are the things you also think you can't you can't change what you can't control. Is that is, is that what they're saying? But do you see what I mean? Yes. You can't, you know. Yeah. You you can't change the past, you can't control the future. You, you you know, you all you've got is the now, and it's it's not what happens to us that defines us in life, it's how you choose to respond to it. Absolutely. You know? And and it's the same in life and it's the same in business. You're going to meet challenges along the way. You can't think you're going to set up a business and it's going to be amazing and it's going to do exactly what you want it to do. And you're going to, you know, get to those four F's and, it, it, you know, yeah. in a couple of months and it's all going to feel great. You're going to hit you're going to hit brick walls. You're going to face challenges. You're going to feel exhausted. Um, but that's life. Right. You know, life yes. will continue to throw things at us um, and we have to learn to adapt, to evolve, to to learn, to grow, and to embrace the learnings that these things present to us because everything that happens to us will teach you something yeah. if you can open your, your heart and your mind to that. I was going to say that if you're willing to look at it and understand it. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Yeah. Before we finish, Karen, I, uh, you know, when we do these podcasts, we talk about, you know, with my guests and when I do my own, you know, talk a lot over like 20 minutes, half an hour. Um, and there's a lot of information. So just as, as we as we end, if you've got some words for me, I want to put in a little lift. So uh, some little words that would lift somebody up just just to leave them with today. In terms of starting their own business. Yeah. Yeah. I would say in, in, be kind to yourself. Don't expect too much of yourself. You, you know, I think we can go into these things, especially when you're starting out. You've got all these wonderful ideas and these goals and, and these expectations maybe and it's it's learning to actually it's a step-by-step process follow your instincts I really do believe that our instincts guide us perfectly we know in our gut what feels good and what doesn't trust in that you know let that guide you go out meet people learn from people that have done what you want to do and, and follow your heart just make sure it's something that you you are passionate about that is dear yes. to you that um <clears throat> excuse me that you, you know 
ignites something within you because starting your own business is really hard. And if you're trying to do it with something that you think is going to be a success, but not necessarily something that lights your own fire, that's going to make it very difficult, I think, and, and could ultimately make you quite miserable. And I think it's really important to follow your heart, follow your desire, because if if there's something out there you think is missing from the world, you can guarantee that there's other people that will, will be looking for it as well. So do yes. that, you know, that, that would be my my initial kind of, I don't know, advice. So, I don't know. That's what I call the magic. You've got to understand the magic and you've got to feel yeah. it and want it and know yeah. why it's going to be important to you. It's, it's 100% got to be important to you. Karen, I've loved our conversation. Thank you so much. And uh, so if if I had somebody listening, you know, somebody listening and said they'd like to see more of your work, where would they find you? So um, I am Karen Sutton, the widow coach. I'm, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> TikTok. Oh, <laughs> um, all, all of that kind of good stuff. Um, my website is karensutton.co.uk. Um, and yeah, you know, if anyone wants to get in touch, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much, Karen. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. It's been wonderful. You have been listening to the Your Dream or Mind podcast with Laura Cruz. If you enjoyed it, could you do me a favour? Please leave a review, a five-star one would be perfect, and subscribe. This helps other listeners to find the podcast much more easily. Oh, and don't forget to come and find me on social media. The links are in the show notes. I would love to help you to transition into your own dream life. It's what I'm really good at. See you next time, my fellow dreamer.